0: What's up everybody, this is Drew here, I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down, this is Phoenix Down 122.0, I think it's 122, maybe 123, I am uh, not prepared for this because I am currently sitting in a hotel room, and we are recording um, remotely again, but uh, today I have with me Matt, hello friends, and uh, yeah, We're starting a new game, uh, and um, we were originally going to do Great Fall, um, and we still want to do Great Fall, but unfortunately, as you know, I am traveling for work, so we are going to be doing something portable. Um, Matt and I did the very scientific thing of uh, rolling dice to try and figure out what game we were going to do, and uh, we landed on uh, Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey for the Nintendo 3DS, so we're playing the Redux version of this game. Um, originally, uh, just a strange journey was what it was called, uh, came out in 2010 in North America on the DS, and then they made a Redux, which was a kind of like a remake or a remaster of it for the 3DS that came out in 2018. Um, we usually go with our history, uh, with the uh, with the game in question, my history is is that I actually played this in 2010. I um I was I was knee deep into the Shin Megami Tensei series, and because um, I loved Persona three and four, um I tried out some of the other ones like Digital Devil Saga and Nocturne, and they started making a bunch of these on the DS. So like Devil Survivor was one of them. Um, they uh, brought over uh, Soul Hackers, and then Strange Journey was one of them as well. So I kind of picked this up, like, kind of day one, because I was like, yes, I'm all in for Shin Megami Tensei games. And the first thing that hit me about it, um, I've I noticed my levels are spiking because this headset that I'm using is garbage. So I have to apologize for that. Uh, but the first thing I noticed was, man, this is kind of hardcore. I wasn't used to this. This whole, like, first-person dungeon-crawling, make-one-false-move-and-you're-dead kind of game. Um, Shin Megami Tensei has always been a leaning-on-the-harder side, but this one is more of, like, the traditional. So the original Persona games and the original Shin Megami Tensei games were like this, first-person dungeon-crawling, moving block-to-block, walking around, And then doing first-person, kind of like, um, Dragon Quest battles. Um, But I I, I did play it. I I don't remember if I beat it or not. I got deep into it, though. Um, And um, I remember, like, going, looking through facts and stuff like that, trying to come up with the best, like, fusions and stuff. Um, And I remember enjoying it, but um, I don't think I ever actually beat it. So... Hopefully that will change with our playthrough here. How about you, Matt? Any history with this one?
1: Yeah, pretty short history. I, uh, I I had a similar interest in in the Mega Ten games, and really similarly born out of Persona Three and Persona Four, which I adored. Um, I I don't remember when I first heard of this game. I I wasn't. I've never really had a Nintendo console when it was. At peak relevance for its life cycle, so most of these I've picked up. Like I only, I never, I did, I did dabble with the DS a little bit with that weird wedge shaped DS. Um, yeah. But what I have now is the like the 2DS XL, which I also got kind of late in its life. I think the wedge was the was the 2D version of the first 2D version of the 3DS. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but either way, I, I had those both kind of later in its life, so i don't i I definitely wasn't around when this came out. I know we talked about it at one point at least a year or two ago, talking about other mega ten games and and you you described this one and based on the description of the story or what's happening, I got really excited uh and then you mentioned that it was a first person dungeon crawler, and I was like, oh i I don't know like <laughs> uh, uh, I am not sure I can handle that you know just being totally honest Um so I I never picked it up I actually thought I had it until we went to start this game and realized I didn't have it so I had to buy it on Amazon I think
0: It's a used copy
1: No well, I couldn't well, I looked on eBay and the used copies are are 100% of the price of a new copy Really? Yeah, I couldn't find a used copy for less than sixty bucks.
0: Jeez, okay, never mind then. Well there you go. So um So
1: yeah, so I never really touched it and you know, even when you described it I was a little apprehensive. Um coming back coming to it now for the first time, I, I still had a little bit of that apprehension, but you know, if it's if it's absolutely terrible, I you know, we'll have to make the the bad call to give up but you know i wanted to I i did want to try this because the premise of it is so interesting and it's been a while since i played a mega 10 game and again i keep thinking about persona 4 and how much i loved it so this one is while while i have also read that it's on the harder side of the mega 10 games i've also heard that it's on the better side
0: yeah so, that was you know that... w-
1: worth a worth a roll of the dice and more than just the way we did it i guess
0: yeah, that was, um, that was one of the things that kind of got me. I was like, oh, this is actually kind of a cool premise. Because it's, it's a premise that I, have, I wasn't used to because I was used to Persona, you know, playing high school students who were going through weird stuff. Um, and I know I described it to you last week when we were discussing what we were going to play. And I said I got some really big vibes of Sphere, if you remember. Um Uh, And those of you who don't know, um, Sphere is a book and movie um, written by Michael Crichton. Or Crichton. Is that how you pronounce it? How you you pronounce that? Mm -hmm. Say it again. Mm -hmm. Crichton? Okay. Um, And uh, I absolutely adore both the movie and the book. And I know, Matt, you do as well. Um and I guess it's because of the suits that they wear um it's also you're 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 in an unknown area and weird stuff is happening, and you don't know stuff that you can't explain kind of thing um but it still definitely has that that mega ten feel to it um so yeah, well, I wanted to say it
1: has a bit of a science-y vibe, but it's not really. It's not like they're doing science. Sometimes they spew a little bit of scientific mumbo jumbo, but but it, it it's definitely trying to be a little bit less fantastical. Yes. You know, less on the fantasy side and more on the. All right, there's a scientific explanation, and you know, it, it's now something about multiple dimensions and yada yada yada. Yeah. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of Annihilation, where you've got this area that happens to just have appeared. Weird things are happening in that area, and it appears to be expanding. So we're going to enter the area to try and figure out what's going on. Yeah. Basically exactly the premise of of Annihilation, where they're entering the Shimmer.
0: So, um, yeah, basically, I, I can't tell you what year this happens, because I don't think it actually tells you. It's 20-something X. Classic video game for future year. But, um...
1: There's some goofy-looking ships. Yeah.
0: But, uh, we, um... It's, uh... Earth. Uh, and, um... It seems that uh, a lot of bad things are happening. You know, uh, obviously the things that we hear about now. Um... Civil unrest. Um... Uh, overpopulation. Wars. Uh, climate change, all that good stuff. And um, in the middle of Antarctica, there is an anomaly that shows up. Uh, it starts off small, um, and then we start to notice it on the satellite imagery. Um, it's starting to grow. So it's like a, a, a circle or a ring that is slowly expanding. And the way it's expanding, most of the world scientists believe that if it continues, it will take over the entire planet, especially engulfing the planet. Um, they don't know what's in it. They don't know where it came from, but um, they know that they'll probably need to stop it. They sent drones in uh, to try and see what was inside of it. The drones were destroyed, but they did capture some images. And we see basically we're seeing it through the eyes of kind of like the United nations, and um the images they see are like weird, so we're in the middle of Antarctica, right, and when they go inside this anomaly, they see a city, like a red light district, and there was really a
1: not an Antarctic city,
0: yes, and then there was like um God, I can't remember all the images they showed. You remember Matt? One was like a shopping mall, right?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, it was like Like a shopping mall. A cave. Started off it started off simple. Cave. Then it went to like a shopping mall. And then like a city. Like a red light district of a city. And it just it just kept getting weirder and weirder. Like like yeah, there was one that was like a crumbling civilization, like a city that was in ruin. And they're like, "What the hell is this?" And like this can't be right. And it's like, "These are the images that the drones caught before they were destroyed." So, the United Nation gets crew together, um, and they're going to send them in to investigate this. They have dubbed this. I don't know how you pronounce that.
1: Yeah, I don't either. Schwartzvelt yeah. is what I've been saying in my Schwartz, mind. But... Schwartzvelt. Yeah. Um, but I have no idea if that's right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call it the Schwartz. <laughs> um, it sounds like space balls. Right. But um, so they uh, were part of this uh, investigation team um, led by the top scientists uh, researchers and military um because well, you never know what's in there, and our mission is to investigate it, see what this is, what's causing it, and how do we stop it from engulfing the entire planet so um we play as yeah, the
1: premise is a it's a simple premise right, and it gives them a lot of freedom um just based on kind of first impression of that, though, it doesn't necessarily apply personally, as far as I know, to anyone, right? So it's just random. It could have been any people, any, anywhere. It's not, I guess, not meant to be a, a personal thing. It's just, here's a thing that needs to be investigated, and you're part of a team to go do that.
0: Yeah. The, the one thing so, they do push is it's all different nations coming together. So you've got, like, I, I know that they mentioned some people from Germany. They mentioned some people from Japan, obviously, um, uh, United States. So apparently the character we play as is American. Um, and the other character that we talk to a lot, um, <laughs> again, I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Jim- Jimenez? Jimenez?
1: Be yeah. Jimenez. Jimenez, I think so.
0: Uh, he's American because he mentioned he's like, oh, you're you're another American like me. Um, and we, so it's like a it's like a, a whole world, United Nations thing being sent in the best of the best basically. Target. Okay. So, yeah, there you go. So um, yeah, we're sent in. There's four crews. Uh, with four um ships, so the the plane a
1: drop ship that looks like an APC
0: yeah, it looks like an APC um these ships um are supposed to basically thrust over the wall, so it's like a big wall, and um nothing can get through it um so we're gonna try and thrust over it and then see what's inside the middle of it um in doing so. Um, our crew, or, or our whole fleet, gets attacked. It looks like it gets shot by lightning. Um, but they're saying it, it looks like a, you know, a pinpointed attack. It's not just random lightning that's attacking us. And so we all crash land. Um, I think ours was called the the Red, red Spire, is that what it was called?
1: Sprite, I think.
0: Red Sprite. The Red Sprite. Um... And um, we all had different color code names um so our uh we crash, we have no defenses because our um they had a shield. This happens in the future, so we have shields um the shields went down the uh the reactor for the ship itself went down. we're kind of out here in the middle of nowhere, screwed.
1: Well, our red sprite ship was the only one that made it through, right?
0: No, the others... other
1: one was shot down.
0: Yeah, we, we made it through, but everyone was shot down. So all of them are inside the, the circle, but we don't know where they are. We were the only one that wasn't shot down. So, uh, yeah. um, First order of business. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Damn. First order of business is, uh, get the ship back up and running. Uh, unfortunately, um, it, I guess during this little crash landing that we had, uh, the, the bay doors opened up and, um, there are these invisible monsters that are attacking the crew members. Um, and the, I, I, oh yeah, what, what was it? It was, um it was the four people sitting at the couch. So when we crash, we kind of black out, right? We almost, I think we die. They they resuscitate us, basically. But uh, when we're dead, or knocked out, um, we're talked to by these four mysterious individuals sitting around a couch. And they were saying, oh, you're not supposed to be here, but we're going to entertain this. Um... And mysteriously, they—it's almost like they sent us back to see what we could do. Um. And
1: again, reminds me of Persona. Yeah. When you have your dreams and you're talking to the.
0: Igor in the Velvet Room.
1: Igor. Yeah. 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 Exactly.
0: So it feels a little bit like that. Um. And so yeah, the um, we have our suits. Our suits are known as the Demonica it's actually an acronym. So, um, but, uh, can you hear that air condition is going off or no? I can't. Okay. All right. I'm going to let it go. Then you, you may hear a hum in the background. Sorry. This, this hotel room is horrible, but, um, yeah. So the, our suits are like kind of stay of the art. They, uh, protect us from the elements, um, but they also can analyze the area. And um, we can install new apps and stuff on them. And uh, one of the new apps that we get is mysteriously installed on us that allows us to see and communicate with these invisible entities. Um, we didn't create this app. It was just... Uh, it was like an a inner voice installed it for us. So we can use it to our advantage. It allows us to see these... These monsters that are attacking the crew, and they even the monsters themselves identify themselves as demons. So they are demons, and of course we, we know the term demon. Like and they mention it a couple of times in the cutscenes. Like they call themselves demons. Are we in hell? Because that's the only thing we can reference is is demons come from hell, and that's that was kind of the. That was what was interesting to me the first time I played this was, all right, we're we're a a research and military group, modern day, with some advanced technology going up against ancient evils. You know what I mean?
1: A little different than high school kids.
0: Yeah, a little different than high school kids. So it kind of comes off... um, Shin Megami Tensei's always kind of came off as as modern day eldritch horror. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cuz like, I know Shin Megami Tensei the original was about this kid who created this this computer program that summoned demons. Like it was basically, oh, I created a modern day version of the Necronomicon. And so it's kind of like that. Um, And I've always found that very interesting. Um, So we have to fight off the demons. Um, This game is a turn-based role-playing game. So when you go into a battle, you're taking turns. Um, And it's not really taking turns. It's more of choose what all of your party members are going to do. And then based on the stats, we'll see how it plays out. So... I I noticed that, that the order changed a lot depending on, you know, which
1: demons I had who was alive.
0: Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, fighting, if you're fighting three guys and you choose all of what your party members are going to do and then say commence. And depending on how, you know, your agility is, your demons agility is, the enemy's agility is people will go different turns and stuff like that so it's not like i do a turn they do a turn i do a turn they do a turn um it's it's more of like based all based on stats and
1: assume also that there's still like a uh a summoning time for each spell is that true so like is it just about who has priority or is it about the length of build-up you need to cast a spell because it seemed, for example, like the healing spells would usually go first, but not always.
0: I yeah, that's a good question. So I, from what I understand, because uh, I am kind of following a fact a little bit, because the last thing I want to do is put two hours in this game and then die, and then I'm like, well, that's two hours wasted. Um, from what I understand, anytime you use an item because you're the only character that can use items, your demons cannot. When you use an item, that always goes first. Um, as, as far as spells go, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how the priority works in that. Um, there's a lot of back-end stuff that I'm not that we're not, you know, privy to. Um, i would be
1: interested to work that out because I feel like a lot of these battles were hard enough that it mattered. Like, if I had a guy get hit one extra time, they might have died. Yeah, And so I'm trying to stack up these heals in such a way that I can get as many attacks, like, per turn out as I can, but also I need to make sure I'm healing enough that I don't lose my actual characters. Because that was, you know, not outside the realm of any given fight, I might, you know... if It's also, it doesn't seem like it's clear who they target. Some of their, you know, if you're fighting three demons you know sometimes it seems like all three of them will hit the main character and sometimes they'll spread out their attacks so i couldn't necessarily bank on somebody not being targeted and just letting it slide for another turn or two
0: yeah yeah that's a, that's a good point i don't know um but um part of the strategy is so i should say um a little bit later on in the story you get the ability to to talk to demons and they all have personalities. Um, and it's a lot of it is based on alignment as well. So this game has an alignment system. Uh, and the alignments are lawful, neutral, and chaotic. Um, there are certain demons, that that's their natural alignment. And um, they don't want anything to do with you if you're not their alignment. So if you're a law person and you talk to a chaotic one, they're not going to talk to you. Um but you can converse, so that, that that's kind of a staple in the old-school Shin Megami Tensei games was uh, conversing with demons to have them do things for you. Um, they can give you money, or they can give you um, an item, or they can heal you sometimes. Or the big thing is you can have them join your party. Um, but in doing so, they'll want something in return. So if you ask a demon to become part of your party, they'll be like, okay, well, give me some of your life, so they'll drain your life, or they'll give me some of your energy, they'll drain your magic points, or take your money, or take an item from you, that kind of thing. But once they join, they don't leave, Um, and you can use them in your party. Um, So you always have your main character, the human, and then you can have three demons in your active party, but you can keep multiple demons in stock, basically. Um, and that stock increases depending on where you are in the game and stuff like that. Um, and if you, let's say you, one of your demons dies in combat, you can use one of your turns to summon another one from your stock and bring them in. Um...
1: I didn't really know that until I actually needed it, and I was really glad to find out that was the case.
0: Yeah. Uh, you lose your turn when you do that, but and you can only do it one at a time. So let's say you had two open slots in your party. You can only summon one demon at a time. Um, but um, uh, there's, there's another mechanic, and it's a lot like in Persona. So a lot of people know Persona. Uh, in Persona, if you uh, hit an enemy's weakness, so let's say they're they're uh, weak to fire, and you hit them with fire, um, it does you know double damage. Um, in this game, if you hit an enemy's weakness, you can do a co-op attack. So let's say an enemy's weak to fire. I hit him with a fire attack. The person who attacked, along with party members of the same um, alignment can do an extra attack. They'll just do a, a big, like all-out attack, and hit the uh, enemy. So it's 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 kind of advantage it, advantageous of you to hit the weakness um, because you can get basically a, a free hit in. Um, you can't take another turn, but you can get another hit in. That usually does a good amount of damage. Uh,
1: Especially because you're already targeting the weakness, so I think like the original attack is boosted as well. So yeah, um, it, it it also is where a lot of the I feel untapped complexity for me is so far because I've done a, a bunch of demon fusions and stuff, and I've I've been building up my roster a little bit. Um, but it's only recently that I've been able to start pulling over using some of the the cores and pulling over specific abilities yeah um knowing that there was going to be some uh specific fire attacks coming in this game in this boss first big boss that we fight mm-hmm. i i focused on building up a little bit of my fire immunity on my team and I like the idea of building up a stable and be like, all right, I've got two really good electric guys and I've got two, one or two good fire guys. And, you know, so if I if I find myself in a situation where I'm overpowered, I can maybe swap in the right team for the job. Yeah. Rather than what I've been doing, which is just taking my strongest demons and having them be my base party for the, yeah. for the generic like dungeon crawling.
0: It's, it's a lot like Pokemon in that sense where you kind of have to spread out your your, um, elements to have, you know, handle the situation. But, um, yeah,
1: it's a pretty big swing. I mean, maybe in some games it doesn't matter all that much, whether you're aligned or not with weaknesses and strengths, but I, I had a lot of, um, a lot of strong, like physical hits do only one or two damage when a good magical attack, for example, might do 30. Yeah. And so you you almost, you can't get by with the, I mean, you can get by not uh, exploiting weaknesses, but you couldn't really get by if you were stuck only having what the enemy was strong against or resistant to.
0: So that's, that's the big thing is that um, there are some enemies in this game that are just like, you know, strong against physical attacks. Well, every character has a physical attack, so you can't just rely on, you know, brute forcing it. You have to kind of, you know, set it up properly.
1: Um, Usually when those physical attacks are usually the free ones, so most of the time I'm using physical
0: attacks. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the physical attacks, most of the physical attacks are are 0 MP, while your elemental attacks and, and big damage attacks are taking magic points away from you. Um... And yeah, you you did hint on it. You you mentioned that uh, there's also uh, fusions. So you can take two demons and combine them together to make a new demon. And that demon could be a lot stronger, have different attributes. And then there's on top of that, you can carry over um, abilities from the two demons that you fuse if you choose to do so. Um, So there's a lot of complexity in there. Um, and sometimes you'll get a demon that's completely different from the other two demons that you've had. Um, And that was in Persona. Um,
1: I find it pretty fun because you're not making the decision of, like, do I stay with my early demon that I've leveled up a bit, or do I start using this new one? Because you can just kind of roll them together and have your super demon.
0: Right. But then Although, you, you, know, you also lose to a party no, member.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and what you get out of the end of that uh, of that fusing might not be exactly what you want, or even as good as the one you started with. In some ways, right? I feel like technically they're usually or always better. Um, you know, but similar to sometimes as the demons level up, they're like, oh, do you want to upgrade or do you want to mutate this ability into this other ability? Yeah. One time I said yes, and I, I lost my uh, lightning attack, and I got something absolutely pointless. Hmm. So I'm like, all right, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that mutation.
0: Yeah, um, that happened a couple of times with me, and I would actually go on my phone and look up, what does this attack do? <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, it poisons It's poison not like it's enemy. just going
1: from like level one lightning to level two lightning. In that case, obviously, upgrade. Yeah, It's completely changing into a different ability that may or not, may not be better.
0: Yeah. And the issue is and this the persona and, and Shin Megami Tensei have this issue is that debuff abilities um, I wouldn't even say debuff abilities, status element abilities have no effect on bosses and that is bullshit. That's one thing I've always liked about um uh, the, the uh, Legend of Heroes, you know, like Trails of Cold Steel and stuff like that, anybody can be affected by poison. Anybody can be affected by sleep or paralysis. And they built the game around that. Because half the time, I never take those abilities because when am I going to put an enemy asleep?
1: Exactly. I would rather... I did try some of those on the boss. Yeah. I tried poison and I tried a uh, attack down style debuff.
0: Yeah. Some of the, like those those debuffs will work, like the attack down and defense down and stuff like that. But the status ailments never actually work on a boss, and that it, it pisses me off to no ends. Because boss fights turn into who can DPS the fastest. That's what it is. That's what they all revolve around. It 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 makes the boss fights just like. <sighs> monotonous but also stressful because there's no strategy involved. This is like I hope I leveled up enough, you know, that's all it is. So
1: I guess at least you've got your elemental bits here to add a little bit of variety, but yeah. you're right, you don't have your full tactical arsenal at your at your ready.
0: Exactly. So yeah, um now that we got most of the mechanics out of the way, there's other mechanics too. We can there's a crafting system in this game where you can search for materials and you'll also get materials for killing demons. Um and uh you use
1: that to buy new armor and swords and guns and
0: mm-hmm. So there's there's a whole crafting aspect of this game. Um there's a lot here. Um but uh Back to the story, um, we have our commander, Commander Gore, uh, who um, he, he's giving us our orders and stuff like that, and we we go and uh, after getting the ship um, back in in working order, um, we need to go investigate outside. So this first area, which um, Antilia is that what's called?
1: Uh, yeah, Antilla or Antilia.
0: Yeah. Um, and it is what you would expect Antarctica to look like. You're in an ice cavern, right? Um, of course it's filled with demons, so you're not used to that. But, um, uh, yeah, you're exploring this area. Um, and like I said, you, you, you come back and forth to the ship to, you know, you get it, you get a new upgrade. You're going to now, you can search for forma, which is your, you know, the materials that you can use to craft stuff with. Um, but the big thing we have to go do is, uh, there's a, a distress signal coming from another ship. Um, uh, the blue something, I can't remember what it was. Um, it's the one that, uh, Jimenez is on, Jimenez is on, um, and so we have to go find it, and so we're, we're navigating this, this, um, first floor, uh. And uh one one other aspect of this game is basically um filling out a map. Um uh there's there's it's, I would say it's random battles, but it's not really random battles cuz you can see when you're about to get into a battle. Um the more you walk. Mm-hmm. What's that?
1: And you I didn't know you could see that.
0: So at the top right of the screen, you can see the search feature. And it t- turns from blue to yellow to red. And when you go to red, then the next few steps you're going to get into a battle. So you can kind of judge when you're going to get into another battle. Interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, so we're filling out a map. It starts out, there's nothing on the map, and as you move around, you kind of fill out this map. Um, uh, one good thing that I will mention about the Redux, the 3DS version, is that there is a single save that you can keep for when you're out in the field. Originally in the game, you had save points, or you could save when you're back on the ship. Um, yeah, Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you have a field save that you can do. Thank God for that, because if not, I would be so mad at this game. Uh, I did die um, toward the end of this playthrough and lost probably about 30 minutes of progress. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, it was to a point where, like, I I had captured multiple demons that was in my party and I was looking for them. And I'm like, oh, right. That happened when I died. Uh, it was not good.
1: I died once and lost about 10 minutes. And then I think I died one other time. and lost like two minutes, but...
0: Well, that's when I started using the field save. Because I had to. Yeah. But, um... Yeah. Um, we find uh, the other ship. And, um... Uh, Jimenez is there. Jimenez. And, um... He's the only survivor of the ship. Um... We do have a boss fight here, and I would say a boss fight, but it's more like a mini-boss. This guy wasn't that difficult for me.
1: I thought this was going to be the end boss, though, because you don't really be there. It. it just kind of disappears, right?
0: Yeah, it runs it doesn't away. doesn't run away. Mm-hmm. But remember, it comes back and, and attacks Gore. <laughs> it, kill, it kills him, unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, the commander goes with us on that one. He's not, he's not actually in our party, but he's there with us. And uh, the demon's there. He fights the demon, and the demon runs away, then comes back and sneak attacks Gore and kills him. Um, but we have to fight him off, and um, we rescue uh, Jimenez. Uh, we bring back Gore, and we have a, we have a, kind, of a kind of a little memorial for him uh, before we move on. So the thing we're taking orders from now is actually on onboard AI uh, named Arthur that is telling us what to do. It has calculated everything and um, obviously doesn't have the best bedside manner. This tells you, hey, if you want to do this, uh, if you want to survive, you got to do this. We have no other options. Do this. Our robots. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned the alignment, right? Um, We can change our alignment, uh, because there are times in this game where we're asked questions, and we can choose what to respond with. Um, We start at neutral, and the more times we answer with a lawful uh, response, we start moving up toward lawful. Um, And if you do more chaotic answers, you move toward chaotic. Um, So um, it's, it's really all dependent on what you answer. I'm trying to stay neutral... as much as I can. Um, we'll see how that happens. I'm not
1: necessarily trying to do that... like actively. But I just feel like... some of the other characters are... pretty intense. And I feel like this mission needs... somebody who's level-headed and neutral.
0: Sure. Well, obviously... Yimenez is your chaotic friend. I don't know if we've met our lawful friend yet. Um, But uh, I'm seeing similarities to this in Shin Megami Tensei Four. I played a good amount of Shin Megami Tensei four and you had two friends. One you could tell was the lawful person, and one was the chaotic person.
1: Those so, devil's on your shoulder.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and Jimenez is not a bad guy. He is more of like, I'm done with this mission. Let's get the hell out of here. I don't want to get eaten by a freaking demon. Basically. So, um, after we come back, Gore's now dead. We're taking orders from the AI. Uh, the first thing we need to do is get mobile again. Uh, the ship we got the power back on, the defenses are back on, but we can't move it. So we have to go find a reactor. Uh, so where's the best place to find a reactor? Well, we know of another ship that is out there. Uh, so we have to travel back to it. Um, uh, from there, we also get a reactor, but we also get the onboard AI from it, Um It survived long enough to save all the data that it collected. Take it back to Arthur, and Arthur analyzes it, and we realize that there are multiple layers of this anomaly that we're in. Um, And this is where they kind of get into the whole, there are parallel universes. So the one we're on right now, Attila, or Attilia, however you pronounce it, it's just one of them, and they're kind of all stacked on top of each other, and there's pretty much only one way to go. You go through this hole, basically. It's a, I guess the best way to put it, it's a black hole <laughs> that shoots us into another dimension, Um, yeah. and that's the only way we can go. We're kind of stuck here. So the only way to go is forward. So um, we have to do that. Um, doing so, though, we have to get um, we have the, 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 let's say, the, the opening, the hole, the black hole, if you will. It sees our ship and us as kind of like a foreign object. Uh, an invader. So it's going to reject us if we try to travel through it. So we have to mask ourselves as part of the Schwarzwelt.
1: This is where they got really scientific and said things like, oh, it's like oil and water, and we just need to get a little oil on ourselves so we can pass through.
0: Exactly. So, um, we know in this you, this dimension that we're in right now, um, there is uh, something deeper in that we could possibly use on the ship to basically trick the hole into thinking we're part of it. So we have to go down. We have to go down into the, the, the first floor basement and the second floor basement. And I was like, oh, first floor basement, which is big, huge even.
1: Yeah, these take a while to get through.
0: And I was like, okay, it's got to be around here somewhere. And then I found another staircase. I'm like, oh my God, there's a second floor to this. So I continued on down.
1: (laughs) I actually forgot halfway through that we were looking for a, what do they call it? Like a a, a strong energy signature. Yeah. We're we're just exploring the inverse tower here. We're just going to keep going down and... That's what we're doing: exploring one level at a time and just progressing, and that—that's all the game is at the moment.
0: Yeah. No, we we're we're looking for something. Um, and uh, when we go down into the first floor basement of this area, the world changes. We're now kind of like in a completely like destroyed city. So we went from an ice cavern to just crumbling cities. Everything's on fire. And it's like a hellscape.
1: It does feel a bit dreamlike because it's literally like you walk through a door and then you're in the hellscape.
0: Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it is. Um, It's almost like different worlds are colliding with each other. So, um, yeah, traveling through here, go to the second floor finally. This is where I died. Um uh there's a couple of scripted fights that we have to do. Those guys, the awny guys, the brutes, wrecked me to begin with.
1: These are the ones where I had my regular physical attacks were doing like nothing.
0: Yeah. They were because they're resistant to physical attacks. So
1: Since they're huge.
0: Yeah. So um I do
1: have one on my on my team though now, so I'm oh, well, pretty happy you. about that.
0: I do not. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I died here, lost like 30, 40 minutes of progress and I was like, oh my God. And I stopped for the day and played a little bit of Breath of the Wild because I was like, I, I, I don't want to go back to this right now, but I came back, yeah, I came back to it the next day and, and, and actually finished where I needed to be. But, uh, regardless, um, uh, we finally found the energy source and, uh, it is a very large demon that looks like a minotaur, I'd say would be the best way to describe it um, and it looks gigantic, right like it's it, huge like, it's huge uh, it takes up the entire screen um and uh it poses the question uh to us, um, demons are actually the real heroes, aren't they?
1: Yeah, to which I said, no, you're wrong,
0: uh. I think that's what I said too, I can't remember. Um, But yeah, this boss, I went in at level 9. And I went in prepared. Because I read a fact, and I don't care. I am playing this on normal, by the way. You can choose to change the difficulty. There are three difficulties I chose normal to start with. And I already told myself, if I get frustrated with this game, I will put it on easy. Um, but I am trying on hard, or trying on normal, um, and I did beat this boss on normal. Um, but I did it by the skin of my teeth. I had like eight demons. I went through seven of them, and it was me and another demon alive at the end of it when we beat him. That's a pretty similar boat. If it was one more turn, I was dead. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, that's how close it was. I needed
1: a few more, but I, I was definitely slowly losing.
0: Mm-hmm. But um, beat him, um, and, it, and one thing I mentioned it before we started recording. I have to mention it here. I get it. Y- your party members died, and you shouldn't be rewarded for that. I'm pushing forty. I don't have time. Let my dead party members get experience, please. I'm begging you. Because I beat that boss, and me and my one demon leveled up like three times. And I was just like, why couldn't the rest of my party get that too?
1: At least something.
0: Yeah. So, it's old school. I get it. It's old school. That's how it was. Modern games kind of do that now. Modern games, hey, you didn't have this character in your active party, we're going to give them some experience. Pokemon did that a long time ago. They had the the experience share. And it's a godsend. I'm sorry. I I am not hardcore. I'm not hardcore for you hardcore players out there. I just want to beat a game. I, I,
1: I don't know all the details, but I do hear that Redux is easier. I mean, it makes sense that the... Field save is huge. Um, are there other things that you know of that make this version a little bit more user-friendly and a little less hardcore?
0: Let's find out. I'm on the Wikipedia page for it right now. Let's take a look and see. Let's see here if there's anything on the Wikipedia page. Tell you
1: what, it's not terribly easy to understand what you need to say to these demons to win them over.
0: Yes because
1: i had a lot of conversations so you you basically any given conversation if they're if they're willing to talk to you because some of them they just say no cuz you're not aligned correctly but for the ones that are like neutral or aligned basically it seems like you have to do you have to make two consecutive choices uh conversational choices that are in in the right direction to make them happier and then start your negotiation which sometimes the act of starting the negotiations, what turns them off. Right. I don't know if there's a, if there's a way to know how to talk to the demons other than just to have tried and failed many times, because I probably, you know, if I have eight demons in my party, I probably started 30 or 40 conversations. And so I probably have less than a, I probably have like a 20% or less win, win rate on the demons. Mm.
0: Yeah, me too. Let's see here, it says, in terms of new content, the Strange Journey Redux all revolves around a new character, Alex, and a new dungeon area called the Womb of Grief. While playing through the main storyline, you'll encounter Alex as she tries to murder the protagonist. Oh, okay. At this point in the game, a new dungeon is unlocked for exploration, accessed independently from the game's original dungeon areas, additional floors of the womb of grief. Uh, periodically become available as you progress to the main game. These new floors offer a slight bump in challenge from the original dungeon mazes, both in enemy strength and dungeon design. Progressing through the Room of Grief will not only shed more light on Alex and her goals, but also reward the player with some new demons and new sub-apps not found in the original release. Also holds a handful of new EX missions, Um, many of these challenging battles. Uh, will place a limitation on the player as you are tasked to defeat a certain enemy group. Uh, there's also three new endings to the game. Um, uh, there's new sub-apps and commander skills. it uh,
1: seemed like it would be an easy thing to build out. Uh, I did pick up my commander skill that allows you to give, I think, all of your team an attack advantage.
0: Mm-hmm. I got that one too. Uh, oh, apparently originally there was a limitation on the amount of sub apps uh, that you could have equipped at a time. Now there's no limitation. Uh, they can also be equipped anywhere on the field. Um, there's several new sub apps and with new bonuses, new commander skills, uh, on your presentation with full voice acting in Japanese, of course. I'll uh, tell you
1: what, seeing a, a big boss, Demon Minotaur, speaking Japanese was a little off-putting. Or right. Not off-putting, but surprising. <laughs>
0: Uh, The original Strange Journey only held two total save slots, and saves could only be made either in the home base or or a command room or various terminals scattered around the game maps. Strange Journey Redux has 20 normal save slots and a single field slot that can save anywhere. There's three difficulty options now, so those weren't in there originally. Uh, More demons can be held by the player at one time. By the end of the game, you can hold up to 18 demons at the same time. When fusing a new demon, uh, using a demon source, the player can directly choose which skills are transferred, rather than being random. When a demon wants to change one of its skills, you can now see what it will change to before mutating. Ouch. That sucked on the original version. Uh, When performing a special fusion, component demons can be directly added from the demium compendium rather than having all the demons in the present. There's 30 new demons. Uh, Sub-apps, player level, and map progress can be carried over to a new game plus mode. A demon can be changed in the battle party during combat in one turn instead of two. It used to take two turns to to summon a new demon. Oh my god. Uh... When retreating from battle, the chance of success is given as a percentage. You can heal your party at the home base for free rather than from for money. You used to have to pay to heal your party members at the base. The,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: the thumb pad can be set to either move the player or slide the lower screen. Uh, You can browse the maps of any floor rather than just the one you're currently on. Battle animations can be set to default speed or double speed or skipped entirely. You can dash in the dungeon in the forward direction. I didn't even know you could dash. You can set a toggle to have a final check before uh, starting selected battle actions. You can set a toggle to have doors automatically open with a forward movement rather than pressing the A button. If there is an open slot in the four-person battle party when a demon is recruited, they will automatically join the battle party rather than going into the reserve. When a demon is in your stock, reaches analysis level 3, they will offer their demon source in the same battle rather than the next level up. If a demon's weakness is found before analysis level two, it will be remembered in the demonica's memory, and a handful of text and localization tweaks. So there's a lot there, a lot there that I would have never wanted to play this game if they hadn't changed it.
1: Yeah, that's tough because all that stuff just seems like you could set. I mean, you could make that stuff part of like a. Uh, extra hard way to play it, but it shouldn't be the baseline. Yeah. I mean, some of that stuff is difficult. I I even thought that just the first person part of this was going to be difficult. It turns out that hasn't been off-putting at all. I think maybe on a different system it might have been, but on the 3DS with the second screen where I can constantly see where I am in the dungeon yeah, and that it marks doors and it, it you know has icons for everything, it was pretty easy to navigate. I never felt like I was lost.
0: So I will point you to another game that this game is kind of like, and that's called Etrian Odyssey. I've played a lot of those games. And Imagine Strange Journey, but hardcore mode. So um, Etrian Odyssey is set up in a way where you have the map on the bottom screen, and it doesn't automatically fill in you have to fill it in yourself using the stylus. Oh, so, so if you want to remember there's a door there, you have to mark, hey, there's a door here. You basically are making I mean, I your you own can. map.
1: That's not so bad on the 3DS because you can do it while you're going, right?
0: True, you can.
1: It's almost like uh, having your scratch pad and paper. Like, uh, To be honest, there's a lot of games I want to take notes for while I'm playing. I just don't because I don't have the pen and paper there sure and the next time I play it I might be in a different state so I probably won't have the pen and paper to review the note even if I had taken it but the idea that you could take it right on the system that you're playing is kind of cool
0: yeah yeah absolutely Um,
1: I think this this was co-developed by the team that made Atrian Odyssey it may have been which then makes sense if there's some similarities
0: yeah Atrian Odyssey is really cool too it's hard it's definitely a difficult game but um yeah, Etrian Odyssey allows you to like recruit members in town. It's almost like a old school like RPG, like like a like a D and D kind of thing, where you you know you get this guy and he's he's a dragoon and he has these abilities and he's the only guy who has these abilities. You know, it's got that kind of thing. It's actually, it's 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 really reminiscent of D and D. But um, yeah, um, after beating, I the also minute, just
1: can't imagine how much longer this game would have taken to play. If you couldn't do a field save. Because oh, I think I would have been so much more nervous of losing an hour of play time. I would have only gone a little farther than I had last time. Then I would have circled back, gone back to the ship and saved.
0: Right. And then I
1: would have pushed out a little further. And it would have taken me 10 or 12 loops to get through it rather than 2 or 3.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I had forgotten how hard that game actually was. Cause man, just even thinking about that gives me nightmares. But uh, yeah, yeah
1: I, it isn't terribly easy. I can see how you could still consider it hard. But with that list of of quality of life improvements that you just read off, like it, the game's not off-putting, even if it's difficult. Sure. Right. I feel like even if you just take a look at some games, I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm making money. I'm spending it all on health potions. <laughs> Here you have the free healing on the ship. You have demons that can heal you. You have potions that you can make and take with you. You have a couple of different places within each dungeon that you can heal Mm -hmm. for cash, which you shouldn't be running out of because you get it after every single fight. So you've got like four different ways to heal at least. So that, you know, it, it gives you some flexibility there. If you've got money, you can spend it on healing. If you don't, you can go back to the ship. If you've got demons... The only thing I feel like I'm running out a lot of a lot of the time is draining my demons of MP. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a very easy way of refilling that.
0: Well, you can purchase um, MP items from um, from the lab if you wanted.
1: Or I think the full heal on the ship Replenishes all MP as well.
0: It does. And when you level up, if you level up in battle, um, you automatically go to full MP and full health. Good. Yeah. Yeah. um, After beating the Minotaur boss, um, we find the energy source, which we then use to basically mask the ship. Um, And uh, we pass through the the hole, the gate, and end up in a uh, new uh, area, a new dimension, which is, uh, they call it Boots. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And it looks like, um, they say it looks like a red light district of a city. Uh, It it looks like some weird nightmare escape, if you ask me.
1: Oh, I had a topic fun Funhouse.
0: I uh-huh. only looked
1: at the first. I only took about four steps into Boots and then stopped.
0: Yeah, but uh, that's that's where we stopped. If we continue on with this, we may have to do a dimension of recording because I looked at the fact and Boots is double the size. Oh wow! If not more, looks like there's seven. Levels. Yeah. Seven floors of this dungeon.
1: I I was progressing through the first part fairly slowly, I'll bet. Because I was... I did have a, a couple of points very early in this game. I just sat there and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get a demon. And I, you know, I, I should have. But, you know, there's a couple of points where I'm like, I can go in. I don't feel like I'm able to do the things i should be able to and you know they were all fairly easy so i was able to to get through it but i feel like just going a little bit slow and i did a few extra loops to make sure i was being a little conservative on not you know not trying to press too far in and get killed Mm -hmm. um because even just this first section i'm i'm at just over seven hours i think
0: i think i'm at five five and a half
1: I knew I was going a little bit slower than the average, probably.
0: Sure. Well, we'll see how it goes. Um,
1: I'm also in the flow now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
1: I at least understand, as far as where we are right now, I feel like I've got a handle on everything. Uh, And at least the things I don't have a handle yet on are the kind of things that I, I assume I'll be perfecting throughout the course of the entire game. Which is like optimizing fusions and you know cultivating a roster of, of fused demons so that you've got the right group to go at any time. Yeah, that you know that that sounds cool to me. I've, I'm building up all these cores that I apparently should be using and <laughs> <Yeah>. not saving.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've been saving them too, but um, yeah, uh, I, I feel like uh, the good rule of thumb is is when you. When you make it to an area, uh, and uh, like each floor, basically, when you reach a new floor, uh, the good rule of thumb is to maybe do do two laps through it before trying to move on to the next floor. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: So, a little bit of level grinding there. But, um, yeah, I don't think there are any emails. I'm going to double check and see... I don't see any, so if you would like to send an email, it is true at ZTGD.com. You can also tweet to us, I am at DML Fury, Matt is at R-E-M-G-S, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. But uh, that's where we're going to stop. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, we really appreciate sending those emails. I know Dustin was going to be playing along with us, possibly. I know he said Street Fighter and uh, Diablo have kind of taken hold of him. So, uh, But he did say he wanted to play along with us. But, um, yeah, that's going to be it for us. Until next time, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a great week. And we'll be back next week with the continuation of Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey.